everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me today is none other than Luis Barranco. Luis, how you doing? How you doing? You know, I'm out here in sunny Miami, chilling, 75 degrees, beautiful weather, uh, nothing nothing to complain about. How's, oh. how's Chicago? How's sunny, sunny Chicago? Chicago's great. Um, you know, been busy with work and whatnot, but life's been treating me well, so... Can't complain there. Uh, loving the city, but glad to hear you're doing well as well. But happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Indeed, happy Valentine's Day. Yes, uh, sir. Officially off the market too, so gonna gonna have a nice uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Looking forward to it. What you got plans? You got dinner or something, something like that? Well, or? no, we didn't. We didn't book any reservations or anything. But I'm just gonna cook. You know, whip up something. Get my get my chef bag, as they say. You're not going to spoil dinner a night early, so we're keeping it quiet, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. But she knows, like, she knows my uh, <laughs> my, my very limited recipes. It's it's pretty I, – I keep it pretty consistent, so there's not going to be too many surprises. Man, you know what I love right now? Your, your smile right now is radiating through the screen, you know? That's not only because you're off the market, you have a nice Valentine's Day, but it's it's baseball season again. Exactly. Officially baseball. The Super Bowl was yesterday. We saw the referee fiasco. We got to see Rihanna's pregnant again. And yeah. but it but it's baseball season. It, it's time. It's time to turn a chapter and talk about some ball. Exactly. The the Super Bowl always end uh, always marks the obviously end of football season, but also the unofficial beginning mm-hmm. of baseball season. And pitchers and catchers started reporting today. So very exciting time. And then we already have news at a, at a good old uh, Tampa. And, and okay. So uh, yeah, we can get into this now. You on the rundown we have here on uh, our Google doc, we, you know, map out the podcast new and, and type up all our notes before we go, but you have, you wanted to say something at the top here and I have no, I have no idea what it is. Usually I know everything that's going to happen in the podcast, so it just says Luis opener, and I want to hear you want. You said you want to get my raw reaction to this, so I have no idea what you're about to say, and that's a very scary thought considering it's you and, <laughs> and some very off the cuff stuff in the past. So hey, hey, just hey, let uh, it rip. Just let it rip. Yeah, yeah. Pause. Um, you, you've got the pause, but um, this afternoon, as I was driving, and you know, I'm getting, I'm in WBC mode. WBC is in a month. Um, William is coming down to Miami. We will be attending games here. Uh, we'll see some WBC games. We may go to University of Miami and see them play some ACC play, we'll, but definitely WBC. And I've been reading the rosters. And, you know, a little rumor I read last week was floated around. I kept quiet about it because it was something I read on the net. And, you know, you can't believe on the net these days because they'll say there's aliens out here in the left and – Chinese balloons to the right. <laughs> and so, but um, yeah, true. today I read the news while I was uh, driving to the supermarket since I was off today. And it said, um, Nestor Cortez tweaked his hamstring and will not be doing the WBC. Now, the reason I find this very important is because I read a rumor that the Yankees did not want Nestor participating in the WBC. And now this is the week pitchers and catchers report. And yeah. oh, how surprising. He tweaked his hamstring. And and usually, like, I don't want to say it's standard procedure in many sports, but 
usually every season you do take a physical before you start to to train with the team it's kind of like a yearly checkup as they say Mm -hmm. and the fact is that you know it's it's quite ironic that you know pitchers and catchers report yankees don't want him participating in wbc and oh yeah you know Tweaked his hamstring, won't be at the World Baseball Classic. I don't know. I, I want to see what your thoughts are, and then I'll give my take. Yes. So I did see that this this afternoon. That news came down, and today was obviously the first day that the Yankees were, you know, back fully in Tampa as a team. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I think. I mean, come on, tweaked hamstring, and and for for a tournament that starts in 22 days, and I don't. I don't think America, the U.S. team, plays for like at least three and a half weeks because the way the pools are staggered, they start a little bit later than the actual beginning of the tournament. Um, So I think you're definitely right. The Yankees clearly aren't too keen, probably aren't keen on any of their guys, obviously playing, especially their pitchers. Um, And now with Nestor out, we only have um, Kyle Higashioka, Jonathan Loisga and Glaber Torres playing in this tournament. Um, three, you know, relatively important players for sure. But Nestor Cortez was like, you know, probably our best pitcher. I definitely had points last season. So I think you're right. I think that who knows if his hamstrings actually messed up, but I, I think for such a very, very small thing, it, it was kind of obvious that Nestor and I feel that Nestor, um, the Yankees told Nestor not to go, but I, I do feel kind of bad for Nestor. I'm sure he really, really wants to wanted to pitch in this thing. So, you know, he's never represented his country uh, before and who knows if he'll have the opportunity to do so again in the next one. So sucks for him, but he said in an interview today that he was uh, really looking forward to getting ready for the season and getting chasing after that 28th championship. So I sucks for him, but I think they have the long term in, in, in mind. Yeah, and that's what I kind of think. It was kind of ironic. I, I kept quiet about it, about the whole Nestor deal, and I saw it today, and I was like, hmm, that's, that's sort of very uh, interesting that, you know, we're tournament starts the 8th of March, and that's yeah. like the Asian pools. Right. And the week after, for listeners, is when the uh, North America, South American pools open. So we'll, we'll talk about that more later. I just found it very interesting that it happened, and, you know, you know, I, that's that's just my take. And, you know, Frankie's been uh, not Frankie. I was about to say Frankie, but Nestor has been living his best life. You know, he's been everywhere this offseason. That dude been, has that that dude is like cashing in. You know, yeah. you see him at Tampa at Bucks games. You've been seeing him on the court side for the Knicks. He's doing wasn't he at a hockey game for the Rangers. Like, yeah, he's doing he's doing all the stops. It's like, what's next? We're going to find him on uh, what's who's that guy? Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, with, with Aaron Judge, it's like him and Aaron Judge have been like taking tour stops all around the country. But you know, he deserves it. I, I've always been a Nestor guy, even before his breakout year. We had the the receipts are there. I told you that I'm very high on the guy, and you know, you know, I I kind of feel like we can both agree that as much as a WBC win would be nice, you know, winning that 28 for the Yankees or just winning a World Series in general is a way bigger achievement. And being one of the main components in that rotation, because Nestor's number number three in the rotation now, like he's going to be pitching a lot of those innings in the postseason. So, think long term. And also, the Yankees are already, you know, I don't know, but they're already facing some injury issues in the starting uh, starting rotation with yeah. Frankie. 
So being down two guys in the rotation would not be uh, ideal. Yeah, Having but- the Clark Smith and Domingo Herman is starting three, four for the first month and a half, two months of the season. I don't think that's a, that's a fun thing to uh, think about. Yeah, but here's, and I agree. And I understand why they wanted to keep him out of the tournament. My one, if I were, were to play devil's advocate, it's like, okay, the, the U S plays four pool play games. And then there would be a quarterfinal, a semi and a final. So seven total possible games, right? Out of those seven games, Nestor would start probably like one or two games at max. I, I disagree. One, well, I disagree, and, but we'll talk about that later. Why? Because I don't want to get my ahead of myself. Here's my thing, though. Like, he's going to get that work done in spring training anyway. I understand that the WBC is is a lot higher leverage uh, pitching, but at the end of the day he's still going to get those starts in spring training. I mean, you know, how many spring training starts do you normally get? Like five, six. So um, it, I get it. Maybe they just want him to be in Tampa with the Yankees organization, with their medical staff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I don't know. You, like, I understand the precaution and like not wanting him to hurt himself over there, but he's still going to pitch in spring training. It's not like he's not going, like he needs to get those innings to get ready for the season. How many innings did he go last year? He, he had a huge ton of load last year. Pause. Nestor Cortez. I got to look up how many innings. Because he was one of the mainstays in the rotation. He didn't get hurt, you know. Uh, I think he did a little bit actually get hurt. He pitched 158 innings. Which, what, what does that put him at? Major League lead for 2022. So, let's see. So, Nestor Cortez, we're going to see. Standard pitch, starting pitching. Let's see. So innings pitched. He pitched 155, right? Yeah. So number one was Sandy Alcantara, and he pitched 228. 228, God. Yeah. I'm surprised he still has an arm, you know? He was a workhorse. Well, yeah, I won't forget when I saw him, like I told you guys, that I got the the opportunity to see him pitch versus the Dodgers, and he literally went nine innings, and it wasn't until inning nine that his arm started to, like, just – give out so 155 puts him around 158 puts him 51 51st he's only he's he's one hitter short of being in the top 50 and 50th is eric lauer and the other guys that are in there like jose barrios pitched 172 which is crazy how bad he was last they just year. kept running him out there and he kept getting pinotted. <laughs> he was getting pinata i remember like sometimes he'd just be straight up dominant in other innings and like looking at these stats for virginia's history adam wainwright pitched 191 tristan mckenzie pitched 191 martin perez pitched 196 those are kind of some outliers merrill kenny merrill kelly did 200 so Nicholas did 202. That was third. Yeah. So that's so I, I understand why holding back, you don't want to tax that arm too much. So that's a perfect lead-in to what we're going to talk about today. Our main topic today, guys, is we're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. So yes. if for our listeners that don't know what the World Baseball Classic is basically the World Cup of baseball. It is uh, a tournament, and is the fifth tournament ever. And it's been expanded to 20 teams this year. And it's really fun. Teams from all over the world are going to be competing in multiple group stages. And they're going to duke it out to see who's the best team in baseball. Obviously, it's not 
as you know, it doesn't have the hype built up like a World Cup. But you know, I remember growing up the first one. I was in Mexico, and I remember watching the 2006 and 09 ones with my family. And there were some really good high leverage games. I think it was like USA Japan or Dominican Republic Mexico. There were some good games in like out in Dodger Stadium, but. It's a it's a really good organized tournament. I'm pretty excited for. It. I know William is happens every four years, right? Uh, it's roughly every like three to four years. Yeah, this is the first one since 2017. Yeah, obviously you had the COVID year in there, but I think so, there was one scheduled for 2020 actually. So we have some first time qualifiers. So I'm gonna read out the pool teams right here. So there's four groups or pools. And so the first two pools that start on March 8th and 9th, respectively, there's pool A that's going to be based out in like its pods. So if you guys remember how the NHL did for their COVID season, they had they have bubbles. So we have four bubbles, but don't think in COVID, but just think about it like how it was for COVID. There's four bubbles. Pool A is taking place in Taiwan. And the groups and the teams are Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Group B is in Tokyo with the host nation, Japan, Korea, South Korea, uh, Australia, China, the Czech Republic. So then a week later, you see Pool C start in Phoenix, which the United States, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain and then you have Pool D, where me and William will be attending this pool here in Miami, which I think is the best pool, yeah. in the, the like hands down in the tournament, is in Miami. It's Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Israel, and Nicaragua, and so, the Dominican Republic. Yeah, I forgot them. And then what happens is the they were going to do a round robin tournament where the top two teams in each pool advance to a knockout stage of eight. Quarterfinals will take place from the 15th to the 18th in Tokyo or in Miami. So the North American-based teams will come to Miami. The Asian-based teams will end up going to Tokyo in a single elimination rounds. And then those teams will then come to Miami and do the semifinals and the, fi- and the finals. And Fox will be broadcasting the whole tournament. Yes, sir. Like you said, this is the fifth one ever. Um the previous winners, Japan won the first two in 06 and 09. Then the Dominican Republic won in 2013. Robinson Cano actually won MVP of that tournament. And then in 2017, the USA won. That was They beat Puerto Rico in the championship game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, and then you, you laid it all out. Um, all 16 teams from the 2017 tournament qualified automatically. And then four more countries qualified from um, – there were two qualifier tournaments – of six teams each. Uh, so those first timers that qualified through the playoff were Nicaragua, Great Britain, and the Czech Republic. We'll get into the Czech Republic later, but they've got some, some, they're a cast of characters to say the least. And then Panama, who's actually their second time in the tournament, they qualified through the playoff as well. So it's a pretty loaded pool. Definitely, obviously all of the best baseballing nations in, in the world. There are certainly, I would say varying degrees of talent in this tournament. You know, you have a team like the Czech Republic who, you know, has one player that's ever played in the MLB. And then you have teams like the U S and the Dominican Republic that are absolutely stacked from top to bottom loaded with all-stars and MVPs. Um, 
for betting, if you're if you're talking strictly betting here, the Dominican Republic is the odds-on favorite at plus two hundred. You got the USA at plus two twenty-five, and then Japan's plus three hundred. And then you kind of get into the long shots. So those three are kind of the main favorites. I would say most people think DR or USA will win. Um, I think that Jap- Japanese team has got some sleeper uh, potential. Then PR, Puerto Rico is plus 900, Cuba plus 1400, Venezuela also plus 1400, Korea also plus 1400, and then Mexico plus 3500. And then if you want to go like, you know, insane, like China is the worst odds on the worst odds. They're plus 25,000, Czech Republic plus 20,000 to win the thing. So um, quite a interesting field to say the least. We're, we're going to break down the roster. We're going to break down every team's roster here. Uh, we did a lot of research, and obviously the rosters came out. I think it was last Thursday, so um, Friday. Friday. Okay, sorry. Um, in terms of like roster fun facts, in terms of the, you know this tournament, it's a loaded team there or a loaded field. A lot of um, very, you know, a lot of big names decided to play this year. So we have sixty-seven MLB All Stars, one hundred eighty-six forty-man rostered players. 332 players under contract with big league teams. You have eight MLB MVPs in this tournament. You got Goldschmidt, Trout, Otani, Freeman, Betts, Kershaw, Altuve, and Miguel Cabrera. 16 of the top 18 finishers for the 2022 NL MVP are in this tournament. So that shows you that a lot of players that were really, really good last year are are playing. Six of the top 10 finishers for the 2022 AL MVP. You have the reigning Nippon professional MVP in uh, Munetaka Murakame, and then you have also the KBO MVP, Jung Ho Lee, joining in as well. Uh, if you guys are diehard baseball fans, you probably watched a little bit of the KBO in COVID. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I, I think it's important to note that those Asian leagues are, are damn good. There's some good competition over there in Taiwan, in Japan, in Korea. A lot of those guys come over and play in the big leagues or a lot of you know older veteran or younger MLB players go over to play in those Asian leagues as well. So there's yeah. quite a lot of talent across the board here. Yeah. For example, I, I, I like that you brought up that point because I don't, we don't want it. We want to be all inclusive to, you know, the all baseball from all different nations. But uh, I don't know if you guys remember, there's a lot of um, players. Like for example, I don't know if you remember, you remember Carter Stewart. He was one of the top prospects in the 2018 MLB draft. Yeah, and then he went over to play. Yeah, he he actually went over to play in um what you call it in a in the Nippon. He played a little bit of KBO, but he went to the Nippon Baseball League. So if you guys don't know, the Nippon Baseball League is regarded as the second base baseball league in the world, and that's the Japanese baseball league. That's that's the league that brought us Shohei Otani, Daisuke Matsuzaka, uh, Masahiro Tanaka. Um, I'm pretty sure Ichiro played in that league. That's what I was thinking. I was, I, I didn't want to say Ichiro, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he played in that league. Ichiro played in that league, and it, had Ichiro not played in that league, he his like all t- all time standing in in the big leagues, like long term record wise, he would hold a lot more records. Dude got three thousand hits in the MLB and twelve hundred hits in the NPB. So really, really obviously, Otani, uh, Ichiro's an absolute legend, but. Yeah, no, and so those leagues have good talent. The KBO has talent. You see, there's like there's guys, you know, that, for example, veterans. And now, now that you say about veterans going over, I know, uh, what's his name went over? Yasiel Pui played some KBO. 
he flamed out there. And he then, did. you know, there was another guy. I remember that he played. I want to say. Eric Thames. Eric Thames. He did, but there's another guy. I think, oh, it's not Cole Tucker. Shout out Cole Tucker getting married to Vanessa Hudgens. I think his brother, there's some Tucker, there's some brother that played in Korea. I or, saw Cole Tucker getting married to Vanessa Hudgens. That was that was uh, a like, what the heck's going on story I saw last week. But good yeah. for him, like you said. Shout out to him. Yeah, but um, let's get into it. So let's go over Pool A. And so Pool A is composed, like I said, of Taiwan, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. And this is a, the group based out of Taiwan. Right now, the best team out of this group is Cuba. Cuba. You think? They're, right now, they're, they're plus 1,400 odds to win it all. And the all yeah. other teams are plus 3,000. 3, so we let's get into it. Um, well, let's let the team I'm most interested in in this group is the Netherlands. I have they they have some low key good MLB talent regarding in, in this group. For example, Xander, Xander Bogarts is playing there because that's also very neat. We have to do touch on that. You will see some players and you'll be like, wait, he's from this country. Yes, there are loopholes and ways you can represent other nations as you will see on other rosters. Yeah, so it is very, it's not like the World Cup. In, in the sense that you are mostly either born in that country or you have parents that are from that country or if you have migrated to that country. Like, for example, Trace Thompson is playing for Great Britain. He's very much American, but his dad was born in the Bahamas, which was hasn't been a part of Great Britain since like 1973, but they still like acknowledge the king as their monarch. So... Technically, he has the ability to play for Great Britain, and he's doing so. So it's not super strict. But, for example, like a, t- a team like the Netherlands, I think it is a, a lot more legit in the sense that the kingdom of the Netherlands is being represented here. So the, ne- the, the Dutch team is made up of players from, you know, obviously mainland Europe, but also Aruba, uh, Curacao, um, and all the, you know, St. Martin, like all the Dutch islands as well. So Xander Bogarts is from Aruba. Um, and he can represent the uh, Dutch national team, even though he's not from you know the mainland itself. Um, and, and then like Curacao, who, who? Oh, Didi Gregorius, I believe, is from Curacao. So here's here's some of the big bigger names on the rosters. As I said, Xander Bogarts, the new signing for the Padres. Ailton Simmons is also the probably one of the best defensive shortstops in the game, but cannot hit. Couldn't hit the, the broadside of a barn. Didi Gregorius, I'm a big fan of Didi, but he's only on the downslope. Uh, utility man, Jonathan Stope, is on the roster. Um, those are They have a pretty stacked infield with those names. Like They also have Jerks and Profar. Um, I don't know if you know um, Richie Palacios, outfielder yep. from the, the Guardians. Guardians. Um, they also have uh, Waldemir Ballantine. He was an MLB journeyman for the longest time. If you remember him, yeah. if you want to play for the Yankees, um, so uh, you said Valentin. He actually holds the Japanese league single season home run record with sixty home runs. Impressive, yeah. Waldemir Valentin, and also the pitching is kind of not so great. It's not compared great. to other teams. The only real names that MLB fans could look at. Is um, Yair Jurgens, if you guys remember him from the Atlanta Braves starting pitcher, he's a free agent right now. Uh, Pedro Strope, reliever 
and they have a bunch of minor league guys in there. And, and they Kenley Jansen is in the pitcher pool, so he's not on the roster for the group stage, but he could still join the team if they were to reach like the semifinals in Miami. Kind of a weird loophole that they have in this tournament as well, but he he could theoretically play for this team. If they why were is he not? On, why is he not on the team? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, maybe he's he's older. Maybe he doesn't want to risk an injury at this point in his career. Yeah, he is old. And th- like this, th- this Dutch team is like kind of like the original Cinderella of the WBC. They made the semifinals in 2017, so they have actually a pretty solid baseball history. They're definitely the best team in mainland Europe. It'll be curious to see. I, I think they should be able to navigate this group although it is a sneaky decent group if you're if you're looking at overall talent here yeah they also had chadwick trump i i i like this team i think they can sneak i think they can sneak into the knockouts like they'll sneak in they have good bats i think they can low-key like sneak in get in uh and then we you know the other team the host nation here chinese taipei or i'm i'm not exactly sure how people want the this team to be addressed i see chinese taipei i see taiwan um, in certain places so um, i i don't know this they're loaded uh in terms of offense um they have the reigning chinese professional baseball league mvp and Li lin um they also have i don't know how to say this guy's name i'm not gonna lie kung john kung kwan gili jig il i'm so sorry i'm so sorry um he He's led the league in home runs last year the chinese league um, so he also reached triple a with Cleveland in 2018. So they have some talent offensively. Um, they have some good outfielders. They have infielder, uh, Yu Cheng Cheng, who has a career OPS of 637 with 14 home runs in the majors. They also have a Pittsburgh pirates, minor leaguer, uh, Sung Chi Chang stole 33 bases in class a last year. Um, and then they also have a, a guy for the giants. A lot of Japanese professional league players, a lot of Chinese professional league players have a guy playing in Australia. Um, so they have some talent. They also will have the advantage of playing it in, in, you know, with a home field advantage that could play a significant uh, difference for them. But a lot of international players on this team, probably no one you've really heard of, but don't underestimate them. I would say. Hey, and that's, and that's the other thing I want to bring up the fans. Like, yeah, it could be Chinese Taipei versus Italy, but you never know. One of these guys could be on an MLB roster and make that jump. You never know. So, and, and you, uh, you got, like scouts will be watching this tournament and looking to pick up players to fill out, you know, back ends of the roster or fill out their minor league rosters. So, this is almost like a, a major showcase for a lot of these players that aren't uh, currently are playing in Asia or are free agents. Um, so they are definitely looking to take this uh, tournament as an opportunity to get rostered in America for sure. Well, you know, some teams like the A's can just build out a whole roster for under $25 million. Exactly. And like teams like, like the A's, the Rays, the Guardians are really – they'll be dialed into this tournament, especially with some of the – some lesser-known nation teams. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this Taiwan team? I, I honestly haven't watched much tape on them. You've, you've done a little more research on ta- Taiwan. Uh, what, what do you what do you think? What, so from what, everything I've read, it seems like they're gonna be really good offensively. Like I said, they have the home run king or, or the MVP in the Chinese league and the home run king in the Chinese league. Sorry. So look for them to hit home runs. 
get on base, steal bases. Pitching, uh, they all they have a guy, uh, Kai Wei Kai Wei Tang, who had eleven point nine Ks through K through nine uh, in Double A last year, and he's in the Giants system, so that he's their best pitcher. But I don't know. I I expect them to. I think what's going to help them the most is the home field advantage. Yeah. I, other than that, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a lot of these players, but it, from everything I've read, it seems like their offense is a lot better than their pitching, which who knows if they get hot, they can make it out of the group, but that's kind of their ceiling. They're not going to, they're not going to make a deep run in this tournament. Yeah. And I, I don't see them coming out. I think the Netherlands are a better team than them. So yeah. we'll keep, we'll keep an eye out on Taiwan, on Taiwan. They're the home team. Next team we're going to talk about is uh, Cuba. Um, it's actually really cool that this is the first time in the tournament that defectors are allowed to play in an international competition. So it's going to open up the pool. Um, it's headlined by the White Sox uh, Cubans, um, Luis Robert, Jan Moncada. We're going to see the Cuban Missile playing again, which is going to be fun. I'm a big UNS Cespedes guy. Good yes. to see him back. Um, they're... Um, they have a lot of MLB Japanese talent. It's kind of a mix. There are some huge, um, um, what should we call it? Um, um, there are some huge omissions. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's kind of the biggest story with this Cuban team is the the players that aren't there. So, for example, Yoki Cespedes, one of the top prospects in the White Sox system, is not on the roster. Uh, he is a uh, UNS is a. Uh, uh, half brother Jose Abreu is not on the roster either. No Yordan Alvarez. No, no Yordan Alvarez. This is so a lot of Cuba's talent isn't on the team, but they do have some young prospects. Um, and Levon Moniello, Radiel Martinez, and Yarel Rodriguez. And they're out pitching. They're pitching. Where are they pitching? Japan. Had, yeah, they're pitching in Japan. They're all in Japan. They're all with the Kunti Dragons. Yes. Oh no, Chunichi Dragons. They have a MLB guy in Luis Romero who's pitching with the A's. Roland Bolaños with the uh, Royals. Ryan Ruenes Elias, who's pitching right now in the minor leagues for the uh, for the um, what should we call it for the Cubs. But he's a career minor league guy. But like we said, um, big uh, many omissions to this roster. But still, uh, in general, a very talented roster. Uh, I believe they should have no issues coming out top of the group. You think there are no issues top? No issues top. I think they should they should be wow. top of the group. I, I think the Netherlands can give them a run for their money. Netherlands could, but I still feel like this team is very good. I, I like this team. And, and we can talk about... The other two teams and in, in that round out this this group before. They, we... Oh, I forgot. They also have Andy Abanez. They do. Any, I, I like him as a player. So I think this team's going to be like. I'll be honest. None of these teams are going to say in this group have any like lasting potential in the tournament. They're more like you make it out of the group stage, and you know anything else is just a bonus. So yeah, they're, they're, they're like they're, uh... they're the most dangerous teams because when they get. Once they get out, they uh, they um, once they get out, you know, they're playing with house money, so they don't care. So yeah, and yeah, uh, also Rolish Rol- Rol- Chapman isn't playing on this team, um, but that might be a benefit for all that. That, 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 <laughs> that might be good for them. Yeah, exactly. Teams that that round out this group are Italy and Panama. 
Italy. Yeah, what do you think? Let's talk about Italy. Let's, let's Italy is managed by Mike Piazza. There's a lot of excitement surrounding this team. They have the oh, Royal like Slugger, the Royal Slugger, Vinny Night Italian Nightmare Pasquatino, who hit 295 last year for the Royals and 10 home runs. They also have David Fletcher, the you know Angels utility guy. Like this, they have a lot of MLB talent. Stephen Woods, um, Brett Sullivan at catcher, um, David Fletcher in the infield, Pasquatino, like I said. Nikki Lopez also on the Royals. They also have Matt Harvey. That's kind of an interesting one. Uh, Dominic Fletcher out in the outfield. Sal Freelich. Wait, so you got to stop right there. That's the that's the for, for me. This team, I'm interested just to see Sal Freelich because Sal Freelich is one of the top prospects in all of Major League Baseball right now. And we'll have that pod coming up soon talking about the top prospects. And I'm really interested to see to see how how they'll play. I'm actually like raw reaction, really surprised at the amount of. MLB talent they have in their uh, hitting department. When it comes out to uh, pitching department, I don't see many guys that uh, ring the bell. Obviously, uh, for um, for our guy Alden uh, Andre Palante, the St. Louis Cardinals reliever. Yeah, um, Vinny and I, I've seen him pitch. He's decent. Uh, Vinny Nolito, uh, Nolito from the Chicago Cubs. I've seen Natoli. him. Yeah, Natoli. Um, Matthew Fiesta, Fiesta, not Fiesta. Sorry. If we mispronounce names, we're not trying to offend anybody. We're just, you know, we're just two dudes just talking baseball. But yeah, I think you're right on South Real. Like he's he was the 15th overall pick in 2021. He's the Brewers' second overall prospect. He's an outfielder, and he's only behind Jackson Trio. He's like one of the top prospects in all of baseball. So that is a very loaded Brewers farm system, and it will be. If you're tuning in to watch Italy, I, I think it's for him. And, and, Pas- and Pasquatino. And honestly, like Matt Harvey, just to see what he still has left in the tank at this point. He spent all of last year in the minor leagues. So, Yeah, that's that's a shame. The Mets ended that guy, sadly. That guy was on top of baseball for, for a few years. And, man, he, he – For a few years, it was for a year. Then they shut him. He got hurt. So – He fell off. It's it's that, that That's a whole podcast, podcast in itself talking about how all those guys from that Mets – Rotation, Syndergaard, Harvey, all just came crashing down. The only one that didn't was Degrom. Degrom, yeah, but he's he's out there in Texas now. I think you could, and we're getting sidetracked. I think you could ar- argue that for all the talent Degrom has, he hasn't lived up to the the hype. In the, like he he hasn't been the guy in a rotation in a playoff in a World Series yet. Yeah. And I want to see that from him before we can anoint him as like one of the best pitchers to ever do it. Yeah. And the injuries hurt him. We're going to talk about Panama on last team. Um, headliners on this team is a uh, starting pitcher, Jaime Barria. If, he, if you've seen him pitch for the angels, uh, catcher Christian Bethancourt. Uh, he was on Oakland last year. Then he switched mid season. Um, I think he's on the Rays now. Yeah. He's on the Rays. He switched uh, mid season. Uh, Javi Guerrera. Is a reliever for the uh, Brewers. Paolo Espino, also a right-hander from the from the Nats. He's a he's a MLB talent guy. And then the biggest guy I'm watching is uh, Ivan Herrera. He uh, he's on the Cardinals. He was a highly rated uh, prospect coming at the Cardinals, and obviously the Cardinals don't have a catcher right now with the retirement of Yadier Molina. And I think he I don't know if he's going to be tabbed as the starter 
when they open up the year, but he is one of the most exciting prospects that they have in the majors. He was up last year and played 11 games. Well, Ivan Herrera definitely won't be the starter because it'll be Wilson Contreras, although they might DH him. They might. DH yeah, that's him. what I'm saying. They might DH him and he might be the guy back there, but you know, um, Cardinal, the Cardinals value those defensive catchers. Yeah. They, they had one of the best to do ever do it. So yeah, this roster, it's all right. I mean, it's Central America's best team, but they're not – I don't know. They're not that good. I mean, I could see a path for them to get through this group if Jaime Berea has a really great opening start and they win the game like 3-1, 3-0. you know, all you got to do is win like one or two more games after that to get through, and they could beat like a like a Chinese Taipei or an Italy, and then they're through, right? So I can see a path for them based on the fact that their pitching is their strength. Um, but – I don't know. I just that lineup isn't very, isn't very inspiring. I'll, I'll be. I'll go out and say my teams. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the order. No particular order. Who makes it out? You just uh, said I'll give you the order. No particular order. Who makes it out? Which one is okay. it? Uh, no particular order. I got Cuba and the Netherlands making it out of this group with uh, Italy uh, pushing. Italy and Taiwan will be pushing. Yeah, I got the Netherlands winning this group and Cuba in second. Italy close third followed by Chinese Taipei, and then I, I think Panama will finish last. I mean, they only got in off the qualifier, so. Fun fact. Yeah. Who is one of the best all-time MLB legends that is from Panama? Is Mariano Rivera. All right, glad you could get that one. Thank you. Just that's, wanted that's to make sure. That's an easy one. That's so one now, my favorite athlete ever, so I had to had to let, had to to put that out there. Can so you now, come out of retirement and pitch one more time? I would love to see that, please. That would be amazing. That made me cry. That would honor, I would definitely cry if Mariano Rivera come out to close a game in the WBC and they start playing Enter Sandman. I would I would get emotional. That that would that pulls chills, bro. Uh, that, that 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 closing entrance chills. Yeah. So but none um, of this trumpet shit with Edwin Diaz, man. Mariano Rivera started it all. Don't forget Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman is a he gets overlooked just because of how great Mariano Rivera was. Oh. Trevor Hoffman played for the Padres. But yeah, Trevor Hoffman, obviously first ballot Hall of Fame guy, amazing closer. Was he a first ballot guy? Is that confirmed? I, I had I that era had a lot of closers, but we're getting sidetracked. So, um, who will be? You got Japan, South Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. Let's open up with Japan, man. Dude, this this, this Japanese team is fun. This this team might be the best Japanese team they fielded. And they got a, a lot of MLB talent and a lot of good Japanese talent, like the Japanese league. They have a lot uh, outfielder, Lars Nukbar, who's a very good Sia uh, Suzuki, who plays for the Cubs. And they have Masataka Yoshida, who was signed to the Red Sox, that huge deal in the offseason. Yep. Uh, pitching wise, they have Yu Darvish. They have Shohei Otani. Yeah, there's some guy named Shohei Otani, if you heard of him. He's not going to start, but he's going to come in as a reliever and then obviously hit for them. Guy I'm interested to watch is uh, uh, Roki Sakai. He is the prodigy, the next guy up coming from Japan. Yep. He's yep. going to blow out the thing. He the almost he was so close. I think he was like an out away from pitching back-to-back perfect games in the Japanese league last year. Back-to-back perfect games. Yeah, and then they have uh, uh, Yoshinobu Yamatomo, Yamatomo, Yamamoto, sorry. 
He has won the equivalent of the Nippon Baseball League Cy Young back-to-back. So, yeah. They also have the reigning uh, Japanese League MVP in Munataka Murakami, who bashed 56 bombs last year for the Yakult Shallows. He's the third baseman. That's the guy I was going to talk about. Yes. This dude is absolute unit. I watched him on YouTube this summer. Oh, my God. That's the guy you were telling. I think we talked about that on a podcast. You're like, bro, watch the tape on this Murakami guy. He's an absolute tank. Bro, he hits the ball just like Otani. It's crazy. This team is absolutely freaking juiced. Yeah, he's six foot two, 213 pounds. That's pretty big for a baseball player. Yeah, this team is juiced. They're pitching probably the best pitching in the tournament. Like, they're going to be able to hit – a crap ton of nukes. I wouldn't say they have the best pitching in the tournament, but they're up there. Bro, they have Roki, uh, they got Roki, Yo- Shohei, you, and the other guy, y- Yamamoto. Yeah, man, it's 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 peak for them, bro. Anything less than blowing this group out of the water is gonna be disappointing. This team has so much more talent than everyone else in this group. It's like it's not even really close. That outfield is an MLB like World Series winning outfield in a World Series rotation. <laughs> It'll be interesting if they like how good their uh, bullpen will be. I, don't, I haven't done their bullpen or uh, their infield, but I mean, shit. You got freaking five, three MLB outfielders, starting outfielders, and I don't know, the best rotation in Major League Baseball. If there was a best, if this rotation was a Major League Baseball. I mean, it, 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 yeah. If you're tuning in for, Japan, it's it's obviously Shohei Otani, but I I think you sh- you should you guys should tune in for some of these really good Japanese league players that we we don't get to watch every day like we do Otani. But we saw how great Otani is. He was doing this in the in the Japanese league before he was doing it in America. So why not watch some of these amazing Japanese league players before they come over and do it in the in MLB as well. So. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, Yoshubo, or what's it, Yoshubo, right? That's his name, Yamamoto, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He, Yoshinobu uh, Yamamoto, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be posted after this season, so this is a showcase for him. Yep, um, yeah, they're gonna win this group easily. If uh, they don't win this group, it's something went wrong, someone got hurt or something. And what's great is that Shohei will be uh, there's no restrictions on Shohei. So I will be waking up at 3 a.m. to watch these these games with the Japanese team. Absolutely. So, and uh, if you guys are asking how did Lars Nupar make the roster, uh, Lars Nupar's mother is Japanese. So that's how he got his passport stamped. Yeah, I think we talked about that on a recent podcast. I thought he was playing for some team that he was definitely not playing for. I think he's very underrated. I, I, will, I think this is going to be a big, uh, big launch pad for him. We'll have to get Alden on to come over and talk about Newt Bar at some point. We got Alden, yeah, Alden, yeah, definitely. And um, now we will talk about South Korea. South Korea is also pretty loaded as well. They got MLB talent. They have one of the best players in the KBO right now, and they have the MVP, Lee Jung Ho. He's very good, and um, he batted in twenty twenty. He batted uh, 333, 15 home runs, and 101 RBIs with a career-high OPS of 921, and supposedly he was better. And he's going to get posted for the MLB next season. So this is is a showcase for him as well. He is a five-time gold glover in the KBO, 
And he plays for the Kiwom Heroes, which is one of the better teams out there in South Korea. They also have Tommy Edmund, again, just like Lars Nukpar. His mother is Korean, South Korean. They also have the big guy, G-Man Choi, at first base. Yes. But sadly, he will not be playing because of elbow surgery in the outfield in the offseason. Uh, they have a... Uh, they have some ex MO beers in uh, so no they're they're I think the headline here with them is their their middle infield. They arguably have the best middle infield defensively in this tournament in Hassan Kim from the Padres and Tommy Edmond, who Tommy Edmond was from the Cardinals. He's a guy that led the league in war for quite some time last year when when Trout was hurt. Um, and then they had a pitching staff that dominated the KBO last season. So if you're looking at like a team to finish second in this group. I think Korea, South Korea should be the the odds on favorite. This is a sneaky team. This team could go deep. Like just looking at group A, because group A will play group B. I think this team could actually make has a second weekend potential. And, and, yeah, I agree. They uh, have I think- former former Cardinal starter uh Wang Young Kim. He he finished second in the KBO last year uh, in ERA at a 2.13. They have 20-year-old e- Yui Lee Lee finished fourth with 161 strikeouts and also 21-year-old Hyung Jung So, who has already pitched three seasons in the KBO, and he won 2020 Rookie of the Year when he was just 18 years old. So this is a very good pitching rotation built up of strictly guys from the KBO. But again, don't look past that because that's a good league. Um, KBO is a very good league. Probably right behind the the Nippon Baseball League, yep. professional baseball league. So, yeah, I I I think they got second weekend potential. So, Absolutely. If you again, I agree. If you were to pick a, a team to make it out of this group behind Japan, it would it would be them because like if you want to preview Australia, um, they're they're pretty weak. They only have a handful of minor league players. Obviously, Kyle Hendricks can't play with non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Lymphoma again. We hope he gets well as soon as possible. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I missed. Sorry, I was drinking water. Liam Hendricks is is out oh, of yes. yeah. Um, he's probably the most well known Australian baseball player. Again, he's going to be out. Um, so like, I don't yeah, think Australia stinks. Like, I'm not even going to be sugarcoat it. Like, they have former Tigers right handed pitcher Warwick Saupold, Angels outfielder Aaron Whitefield. Um, he top 40 bases, uh, 30 stolen bases, four times in the minors. They have Royals middle infield prospect, uh, Robbie Glendinning, who cracked 22 homers in double A last year. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be a good Australian team. It's not their strongest roster in WBC history, but they have surprised in the past. They did win 17, seven over Mexico in 2009. And we saw what that Australian team did at the World Cup, right? They made it to the knockout stages and they made it to the round of 16. So they took a lead against France in that tournament. So Australia's got that underdog spirit about them. Who knows? Maybe they could upset South Korea. Maybe they'll take maybe they'll take a team down under, you know. There we go. But there we go. Yeah, there we go. Take a team down under. Pause. Um <laughs> uh, next team. I, I mean, I don't have anything to say about Australia. It's it's a double A team at maximum. Yeah, uh, no not disrespect. even. It's really not. It's no not. disrespect. Uh, I'm, I don't want to talk that much about Japan. Uh, Japan only has one player. Uh, you, sorry, reset. You said Japan. You mean China. China, yeah, sorry. Whoa, whoa, sorry. Yeah, sorry, China, I can edit that out. Yeah, uh, China, 
they are this is the first tournament that they're playing. There's there's been a participant in every WBC, uh, but they they're 30th in the softball confederation right now. And they have they lack tournament experience. Uh, they only have one player in minor league MLB system. That's Alan Carter. And the rest of the guys, they got a 30, 39-year-old in Ray Chang, who's played on the 09, 13, and 17 BC teams. And they have a couple from the 2017 um, WBC team. Honestly, I think they might finish last. <laughs> Them in Australia. I think Australia and China will make for a really good baseball game. Like, I will tune in to watch that. So, much of their roster plays in the Chinese National Baseball League which has been paused since 2019 because of COVID. So the players have remained with their teams to like train and hold scrimmages, but they actually haven't played that league in four years now <laughs> in four years. So, and, and like you said, they only have that one guy, uh, Alan Carter, the angels prospect who was an amateur free agent signee. So, um, you know, he, his fastball pushed into the mid nineties uh, in college. So good for him. They have a KBO reliever. Um, and I also got that guy that plays in Japan, but this team's not going to be good. Um, they have shortstop Ray Chang, like you said, returns for his fourth WBC. And, uh, you know, he, in, in terms of his stats in previous tournaments, he, he is hitting 324 in the WBC. So he's a bat, but yeah, China is, is they're not good. They're, yeah, that China, Czech Republic, Australia, those three teams are are pretty well behind Japan and Korea in this group. So I think this this group is pretty clear cut. And we can talk a little bit about Czech Republic now. They're you, interesting. You, they got, you got the whole Czech Republic scouting report. So so the floor is yours. They, yeah, they got in off that uh, playoff qualifier. They have one MLB player formerly in Eric Sogard, who I think everyone can remember Eric Sogard wore the glasses. Um, he is their only MLB experience in the entire team. Uh, they have Georgia Tech commit Michael Kovala, who is actually named the number one European prospect by perfect game, but he's like 18 years old. Every other player was born in the Czech Republic or plays in its local amateur league. So this is literally dudes that are basically just doing this tournament for fun. They play baseball for fun. They're amateurs. They're not even professionals. Um, they, yeah. So like, for example, <laughs> They have a guy named Martin Cervenka. He works in, and he almost became the first Czech-born MLB player since 1952. He picked up six hits and two home runs in the qualifiers, but he works in sales for his day job. Uh, they have their star pitcher, Martin Schneider, is a firefighter. Um, he held the heavily favored Spain to one run in the qualifying round to advance to the WBC. They also have a starting pitcher who doubles as their team's media manager. Their captain works in finance. Their closer works in real estate. Their center fielder teaches high school geography. And the list goes on and on, like similar uh, to that. So if like, honestly, like if I stuck on playing baseball, like just men's league at this point in my life, which I'm going probably going to do this year, I could have tried out for the Czech national team. Cause it seems like none of these guys have really ever played before. This is crazy. They play in like the amateur league in, che- in the Czech Republic. So like, it'll be just fun, like to watch them from an amusement perspective. But can you imagine like Shohei Otani going up against these dudes? Can you imagine China versus, uh, versus Australia or China versus Czech Republic, a team that's been a COVID pause for four years. <laughs> this is like a high school baseball game, bro. This is going to be, 
This is the that that is the novelty of the WBC. You don't get to see. I, I, I think I think your coach uh, Coach Kelso down at uh down at Memphis could put a better team better team <laughs> pulling out the Memphis Mississippi and Arkansas talent. Yeah, for real though. Let's get yeah. into Group C where. Yeah, we, we can talk about finally some of the big boys. Group C and Group D have have the big boys. Obviously, Japan is a big boy as well. But C and D, man, these ooh, these groups are gonna be some fun. Which one do you want to start with? C. I mean, I already have this team pulled up. Let's, let's talk about the states. I'm not gonna go through the whole roster because everybody knows who's on this team. No, they and, don't. I mean, oh, well, it's the it's it's the heavy hitters. Will Smith, JT Realmuto, my guy PA, Nolan Arenado, Goldsmith. McNeil, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, Pete Alonzo, Mookie, Cedric Mullins, Kyle Schwarber, Mike Trout, and Kyle Tucker. Like the only thing I think is the downside. Like they can, this. Oh, they got Higashioka. Yeah, I think, I think this team can put up like twenty runs easily. The only thing I think that could let them down could be the starting pitching. Like relievers wise, you got a guy like Daniel Bard who's very effective. Kendall Graveman's very effective. Nick Martinez is also effective. Adam Ottavino is a longtime reliever. Ryan Presley, Brooks Raley, and Devin Williams. I think there's quality relievers. Obviously, you're missing guys like Josh Hader, not on this roster. But, I mean, he No Verlander, no DeGrom. Yeah, I mean, the rotation's really weak. I mean, you got guys that can eat innings, which you kind of want to have that in the tournament. But in reality, they – when you stack know. up their their pitching rotation against the DR or even like a Mexico or Venezuela, it's 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 a little bit weak. And Japan, I mean, they, we can we can agree that Japan says have the best rotation. Yeah, I wonder who they're going to replace Nestor with because Kyle Freeland. It's already confirmed. Oh, he's not that good. Ugh. MLB wise, he, he's quality pitcher, but he's like bang. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a, I mean, he, he does pitch of course, so that could be a bit of it. Yeah, I mean, ideally you have Wainwright, Singer, Nicholas, Lynn, Kershaw, and Kelly. That's six guys. Out of those six, you probably have Clayton as your opener, Wainwright as your secondary, and Singer's probably your third, uh, competing with Lynn for that fourth, for the third spot. Merrill Kelly is definitely your fifth guy. Also, yeah, also missing Garrett Cole. No Max Scherzer, um, so missing no, out. On Rodon, no Rodon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I, like I said, I don't think there's much. We, I mean, we can all agree they probably have the best hitting department in the whole tournament, but I don't think pitching wise they they're not very deep. Like in yeah, if, if you stack their lineup up, like go position by position against the Dominican Republic, it's close, but I think they have a better position player field than the Dominican Republic does. And we'll get into the DR a little bit later, but I, I think, and I've always been a component of this good pitching beats good hitting. And I think that could be what lets this U S team down. But I mean, there's still, there's still going to be miles favorite in, in this group. Here's one thing they have experience. They have some real, a lot of experience. They got Wainwright, Nicholas, Lynn Kershaw, guys that have pitched big games, high leverage moments, World Series winners, and um, like that's I do give them that. And I also, this team is managed by Mark DeRosa, who has never managed a game of baseball in his entire life. But he's a guy that I 
have always thought very highly of. Obviously, he spent a lot of time, long MLB career, but I really know him more from MLB Central, his work on MLB Network, and he was always really, really good there, giving some great analysis. Love waking up and watching MLB Central uh, in like the summer mornings, you know, June, July, dog days. And he's always been, he's always bringing in some great insight. And I think he did a lot of recruiting with this team. And I think this is, this is an audition for Mark DeRosa. You know, if he, if he, if he manages this team to a deep tournament run, if they end up winning the thing, I think he's going to get some looks as a potential MLB manager. And I think he's the kind of guy that um, can, can do something like that. Uh, I, I think he's got the charisma and the character and kind of like a little bit of swagger about him. You know, he wasn't a great player by any means, which he I was think a great be, player. What are you talking about? He wasn't a great player. He was, a, he, he'll, he'll tell you, he'll tell you that he was an okay MLB player. I, I disagree. I disagree. I think I don't want to say he was like oh he was like all star caliber. But I think he was a damn good ball player. I think he is. If there's no Mark DeRosa, there is no Ben Zobrist. There is like he's in those mold like utility guys, multi positional guys. He you know you always need one of those DeRosa, Zobrist, Kike Hernandez guys in your team World Series teams. He he's a. Uh... He's a yeah. He was a utility bench piece, but he but, was. But he, but he made some money because he was good. He was a good one. He had a long, long career. If you look at his coaching staff, I mean, freaking Ken Griffey Jr. as their hitting coach, Andy Pettit as their pitching coach, two Hall of Famers that have a shit ton of playoff experience as well. Brian McCann is their bench coach. Jerry Manuel, another bench coach. Jerry so, Manuel, highly respected too. So yeah. then, you know, that's you see, that's a good thing that he put himself with guys with experience and guys that know the game, and a guy like Jerry Manuel, who's been involved in baseball for decades. So I, I yeah, and I think they're far and away the favorites in this Phoenix group. Um, so we don't have to talk a lot about them because we'll we'll talk more about them as the as the tournament progresses for sure. I think they're going to be. They're going to make a deep run, at least to the quarterfinals and semis. Um, and obviously, we'll want them to win the whole thing. But this next team is is a, a team that you've been texting me about over the past few days. I'll let you take the floor, but it is Mexico. And I'll caveat that with a question. I'm curious, what team are you rooting for in this tournament? Because you have a lot of different ties here. Uh, I will hold that for the next podcast but um but um i i really like this mexico team has a lot of good good mlb talent um catchers wise they have austin barnes who i really like as a he's a backup catcher for the dodgers and they have alejandro kirk as you guys know mlb all-star freaking hits nukes he's Um, probably your favorite player in the entirely yeah he's one of my faves um they have uh joey uh meneses who had a really good year at the end of the year for the Nationals after the Nationals just basically cleaned house. Isaac Paredes, who was uh, on the Tigers and on the Rays, he played well last year. He was in Rowdy. that Austin Meadows trade. Yeah. They have Rowdy Tellez. Rowdy Rowdy Tellez, also a big dude that hits nukes. Um, probably averages about 12 tacos a, sit, uh, a, a city. <laughs> um, Luis Urias, also another guy on the Brewers. Um, right third baseman outfielders they have a really good outfield they got randy rosarena which he defected to mexico he's actually a native Cu- uh, cuban but he is a defector to mexico and he's chosen to represent mexico so. and he recently got mexican citizenship i read so so yeah so randy they got jaron duran every uh red sox fans uh most hated player yes he can run alec thomas my guy 
who is very good outfielder and Alex Verdugo, good bat. Like they have a really good team, like really good, solid team. Now what I think is going to be the backbone of this team is going to be the pitching. They got Julio Arias. Great. T1 Walker. Cy Young candidate. Great. They also have Patrick Sandoval who pitched great at the start of last year before he fell off a cliff. Uh, Not, not literally. Um, Thanks for clarifying that. He is still alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they have guys like Adrian Martinez, uh, Luis Sessa, who can probably he's probably the number five guy on this uh oh no, he's he's number six guy. He can he can do he's a long reliever, really good reliever for the Reds. I've seen him pitched. Uh Jose your uh your very good pitcher for the Astros. And they also have Giovanni Gallego. So it's a really good pitching staff. I think this is an all-around all solid team. I think if this team was a major league team, they could easily win 90-95 games. Wow, 90-95. I don't know about 90-95. I was going to say 75-80-85 games. I think I think this team can win 90-95. I mean, they're missing guys uh, like Ramon Urias. And uh, also they're missing Marco Gonzalez, who was also Mexican. And he's a very good pitcher, a very respectable pitcher, in my opinion. I saw him pitch in spring training in uh, Arizona a few years ago, actually. Marco Gonzalez, lefty yeah. for – is he still in Seattle? I think he is, yeah, right? he's in Seattle. So I, I, I like um, – I, I like him. I, I mean, I like this team a lot. I think – I mean, there's a lot of good teams in this group, but I think they're pitching, as you said, good pitching, beats good hitting. And I feel like if we had a three – like you said, in the group stage – who has the best guys to put out in this group? And I think starting pitching-wise, uh, Mexico has so much talent and combinations that they, they can go you with. So I, I really like this team. Yeah, their pitching staff is impressive. And I think I'll be curious to see how the the they work their rotation because they don't open up with the U.S. They open up with Colombia. Do they save Urias? For the U.S. game, that's the second game on Sunday, on the 12th. The first game's on the 11th, uh, Saturday. Do they save Urias for game two? That would be – that's at 10 o'clock, actually. That's a late start, but that would be – that would be fun. That would – Urias going up against that U.S. lineup, because we all can agree Urias has – you know, if if his season goes – if he has the best possible version of himself for an entire season, he could win a Cy Young. So he, was in, he would have won it last year if it wasn't for Sandy just going nuclear and now pitching because like everybody in the NL. Right. So I'll be curious to see that storyline because you know they'll they open up with Columbia, who we can talk about now. They're okay. Columbia is, I would say, headlined probably by Gio Urshela. They have Gio Urshela, Donovan Solano, very good quality guy who played in San Francisco. Recently for the Reds, uh, catcher Jorge Alfaro, who catched a little bit last year for the Padres, now with the Red Sox. Elias Diaz, catcher, starting catcher for the Rockies. Uh, pitching wise, they don't really have many guys other than uh, they actually do have. Now reading the roster again, they actually do have two or three quality guys. On um, Jose Quintana, quality MLB pitcher, above average, very good pitcher. Um, if you guys remember him mostly from being on the. Cubs World Series roster team. He pitched with the White Sox, more recently with the Pirates and the Cardinals, now with the Mets. Um, they have Julio Tehran, ex-top prospect for the Braves, who's in the minors right now in the uh, Padres system. And then one of my favorite guys that I really like on the Reds for watching the Reds, um, 
Um, actually, two relievers that I really like off this team. I keep reading and I keep finding a new guy I like. Pause. Um, <laughs> Renvier San Martin. I really do like Renvier San Martin. Um, he might be – I don't know. He could start, but he's a way better reliever, uh, very good changeup. I really do like his changeup. Uh, very good reliever for the Reds once he went into that reliever role. And Nabil Chrismat, who I like too from the Padres, another reliever that uses in metal in innings, who has some good stuff. But uh, all around, this team kind of likes quality. But, you know, they, they got some MLB guys. So, oh, Harold Ramirez as well, outfielder for the Rays. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just – I'll probably watch this team just to see, like, San Martin, uh, Chris Matt, and um, probably Quintana. But other than that, I don't really see any, like, oh, wow, wow factor. They have – Evan Mendoza, the minor leaguer for the Padres, who's more known for his very popular TikTok channel. He was on the Redbirds, the Cardinals minor league team for a while, and he he posts a lot of cool like day in the life videos as a minor league player. So I think probably see some cool TikToks from Mendoza out in Phoenix with the Columbia national team. So that's that'll be uh, something to, to watch with with this team, but yeah, I, I, they'll be able to field a starting lineup and, and the starting rotation of professional baseball players. So that sets them apart from like a Czech Republic, a China and Australia. But I think they'll probably struggle to get out of this group. And I would, I would pick this next team, honestly, to finish over them. And that, that team is Canada. Hey, and, but the thing is also they could sneak up and win the first game. If Jose Quintana pitches to his abilities, they could beat Mexico game one because he, he's their number one. Yeah, they could. And Mexico isn't necessarily stacked from a, a perspective. perspective. Yeah. They have really good pitching like we just talked about. So, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's baseball. Anything can happen in one game. It's, it's, it's not – the best team does not always win. That's why there's that, – that's what makes baseball so interesting to me is the, the upset factor is real. Um, and we can see that in the WBC. We've seen it in the past in the WBC. But – like I mentioned, this this Canadian team actually has a solid amount of talent, and you know you would don't really think of a uh, of Canada as a as a baseballing nation, but they, um, you know, they're led by obviously none other than Freddie Freeman, perennial MVP candidate. So won an MVP in the past, one of the best players in the entire league. Had a little bit of a down year last year, but they got Freddie Freeman. They have Abraham Toro from the Mariners. They have Tyler O'Neill, guy that I thought could have been an MVP candidate last year had he not gotten derailed by injuries. In terms of pitching, they have Cal Quantrill from Cleveland. Yeah. Um, they also have Nick Pavetta from the Red Sox. He's okay. Um, John Axford still out there throwing. Matt Brash from the Mariners. Matt Brash. I, I love me some Matt Brash. Pause. Yeah, you. Yeah, they got Bo Naylor. Um, they're missing out on. Josh Naylor and Joey Votto, who are unavailable to play due to injuries. But this talent has a sneaky bit of talent, and I think I would pick them over Columbia, to be honest. They also have uh, Otto Lopez, uh, one of the top prospects for the Blue Jays system. Yeah, he's the only Blue Jays player that will be playing for the, the Canadian national team. Actually, they, uh, they also have the Damino Palmajani, who's also on the Blue Jays. Yes. Oh, are you sure about that? I'm reading it right here in front of me. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a decent team. Colombia and them, it just depends on matchups. Like you said, 
Um, USA should have no issues going through this team, but it's just going to come down to like, let's say Mexico loses a game one to Colombia to a Jose Quintana outing, you know, and then Mexico then has to face USA. Mexico could be down 0-2 and it sets up the Canada-Colombia game as a big, big uh, factor. Yeah. I think, again, I think Mexico should save Urias for game two. And then the team that rounds out this, this group is great Britain. Uh, they're there for fun. They're not going to to do anything here. They are led by the Mariners number one overall prospect, Harry Ford. His given name is actually Harrison. So he's Harrison Ford. He was picked 12th overall in 2021 and did really well in qualifying five for 11 with three homers and eight RBIs. Um, they also have MLBers in trace Thompson Ian Gibbout and Vance Worley, young prospects like Lucius Fox, Deshaun Knowles, uh, London-born Matt Kopernak, who reached AAA last year. Former big leaguer Michael Roth is on the team, but I, uh, you know, they're they're certainly the odd team out here. I don't expect them to really to make much noise. They have Donovan Benoit from Cincy um, as well. Don't know him. Andre Scrub. Uh, journeyman kind of MLB player. Um, guy I want to look at this team is I, I want to see Harry Ford, Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson's fun to watch. I mean, there's a reason why the Dodgers keep bringing him on for I don't know why, but there's a reason why. So I want to see more into his game. He's still young. Obviously, he's Clay Thompson's brother. Yeah, but I want to see more of his game. Uh, Lucius Fox is one of the guys I'm interested in watching. He's uh, got a lot of wheels. Uh, um, no Jazz Chisholm on this team. Because Lucius is also uh, from the Bahamas as well. So he has that Bahamas factor. Yeah, well, I wish Jazz was playing. That would have made this so much more fun, this team so much more fun to watch. I mean, Jazz makes anything more fun to watch, but I wish he was on this team for sure. Yeah, he just – and also for the listeners, Jazz was just named the cover of the um, MLB The Show 23. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprising pick to me. I understand they want to bring that – exuberance and excitement to baseball and put them smack dab on the cover, give them some more publicity. But I don't know. I feel like they could have gone with a, a bigger star. Like last year it was Otani. He's like the best player in all of baseball. <laughs> then you go to Jazz Chisholm, who's like borderline all-star if he's playing like his best. Jazz is just a good ambassador to the game. He's a very, uh, very uh, likable in a sense and very uh, to the youth. And yeah. I think that's what they're going for. Um, my predictions for this group, obviously USA should have no issues topping the group and it's going to come down to, I, I, I'm picking Mexico. Um, yes, partially because of the bias, but also because I really do like the roster in the rotation, mainly the rotation. And I do feel like they could be Colombia. If they can be Colombia, I think they should have no issues getting through, uh, Great Britain and then Canada. So, yeah, my, my pick, I guess we didn't pick group B. We did. We said, we said Japan and South Korea. I think we it was unanimous. So. That one is not even close. Yeah. Now, this so one, I, I'm going to go USA and Mexico as well. And then third place, Canada. Fourth place, Colombia. Fifth place, Great Britain. Don't expect much from, from, the, from, the, uh, from the English over there. Yeah, Jose Quintana is also one of the big um... – big uh, X factors for Colombia. If he can get it going, it, if he can, if Colombia can beat Mexico, it, it sets up for a three-way for that group. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, group D. Let's now, lead. Let's, I'll lead off with group D. Um, I've got to talk about Puerto Rico out here, man. Let's go. The Puerto Rican, uh, the Puerto Ricans are led by uh, 
our guy Francisco Lindor, uh, Javier uh, Baez, Edwin Diaz, Alexis Diaz, and Jose Barrios. Also, um, Benedict Arnold, Marcus Stroman. Um, yeah, fuck Marcus Stroman, but happy that he's back on the roster. He was on but, USA in 2017. I'm pretty sure he won MVP of that entire tournament, and now he's on Puerto Rico. He pitched the championship game against us. Yeah, he, he did. And then he's just like, okay, I'm just going to come in and join the team like six years later. I'm like, you take away a title, and now you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come and compete with you guys. Like, yeah, we could have used you that tournament and not pitched against us and like completely shut us down. Yeah. Um, um, Yadier Molina is the manager. Um, and for you guys that said Yadier Molina does not have any history, um, he is a catcher, uh, regarded as one of the best managers in game for the pitchers. And also does have experience down there in Puerto Rico. He does get a lot of outreach out there. Um, he was rehabbing there in Puerto Rico last year when he was still in the Cardinals. Yeah, bro, I was down there, and he was at a Puerto Rican, uh, the Puerto Rican NBA. He was a, he owns a team, and he got into a fight. He literally got in a fight with the refs. He I up. remember that story. I remember yeah. that story now. Yeah, but uh, this team has has a lot of talent. Jorge Lopez. Basically, it's the Minnesota Twins roster. So, so. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Joe, if you've gotten to this point of the podcast, I will be rooting for the Twins this year because there's a lot of Minnesota Twins. It's the Minnesota Twins plus Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez. Um, they got Ed, Eddie Rosario, who did have a down year for the Braves. Hopefully he can get it going. He had eye surgery. Hopefully he can get that Jameis Winston going for him. Kike <laughs> uh, Hernandez out here in the outfield who can double in the infield. Uh, Jose Miranda, first base. Great first baseman for the Twins, man. Uh, go, go Twins, man. Uh, Javier Baez, Lindor. Um, they have catchers. We're loaded with catchers. We got Martin Maldonado, who's a great game manager back there. We got the bat, Christian Vasquez for the Twins. Go Twins again. Um, MJ Melendez, who can double as an outfielder. So they have three we, MLB catchers. We have three MLB catchers, which is really good. Pitching wise is kind of our, you know, you know, just if if we can combine my two nations. Mexico and Puerto Rico, we could win the whole thing easily with the, with the starting lineup from Puerto Rico and the pitching from Mexico. Uh, we got Benedict Arnold, Marcus Stroman, Jose uh, Barrios from the Twins. We got Emilio wait, who is wait, are you referring to Marcus Stroman as Benedict Arnold? Yes, you just noticed that he's <laughs> Benedict Arnold. I was like, I was like, wait, where are you seeing Benedict Arnold? And then I finally put it together. Um. Uh, you got Emilio Pagan, Jorge Lopez, two twins, man. I mean, you uh, better hope Jose Barrios is back to his, his self and not the 2020, uh, 2022 Jose Barrios get out there getting pinata because you guys are going to need him to be a legitimate number two if you want to win the whole thing. You know, the funny thing is, is like our pen is way better than our rotation. Um, you got Edwin Diaz, bro. You got the best closer in the game. Bro. But, but no, but you also have – Edwin doesn't have to pitch every night. We can We can stash him. Because we have Alexis, his brother is good. You, we, you. I don't say his brother is very, very good. There's a reason why the Mets are chomping at the bit to the to the Reds to get him out of Cincy. But Alexis should be the closer for Cincy. He is very, very good, and he started to get it together at the end of the year. He is a very, very good reliever. Um, we also have MLB journeyman Dwayne Underwood Jr. How do and- we know Dwayne Underwood Underwood Jr. Oh, he pitched. I think he pitched for the Cubs, or we saw him pitch. Somewhere. He's the guy in MLB The Show when you're going into offline games and you load up the Pirates because they're terrible. And you That's right. Him. He's their starting pitcher, and you just sit there and pinata Dwayne Underwood Jr. on rookie to get your achievements. That's right. Yeah, he's on the Pirates. Uh, and so he, he, I mean, like I said, the the bullpen is very good. 
Um, and Derek Rodriguez, who I think his he his dad is Pudge, I want to say, but I'm double checking. Uh, yes, he is second generation. His dad is um, Pudge Rodriguez, so he he's kind of been up and down, you know. But again, Minnesota Twins. So Joe, if you're gonna root for a team that's not the United States, come join the bandwagon and root for your Twins, man. This is the Minnesota Twins spring training roster. <laughs> High leverage situations. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll just go out and say it. We won't win this group, but I do feel like we will have a chance at advancing. Keyword is chance. Absolutely. If you talk in terms of the teams outside of Puerto Rico in this group, we'll get into the DR after, after we talk about Venezuela. Venezuela. Wait, 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 wait. What do you think about the lineup? You, you didn't speak much about this lineup. I mean, it's – bro, they got Lindor. Bro, the only thing – and the I forgot thing is, is there's no Correa. Correa is – Correa, yeah, I was going to say that. Correa, yeah, his wife's pregnant and he's rehabbing. That's kind of – they probably built that into his contract. Like, hey, we'll pay you the bag, but you can't play WBC. We talked about we talked about that in another podcast. We we weren't expecting him to play in this tournament, I don't think. Yeah, it's just it's just like if you if you had the, the Lindor, Baez, and then at third you had Correa – Going to Jose Miranda, bro, that would have been saucy. Yeah. Like it would have been like straight. And then the outfield with Kike, Eddie, and Nelson Velasquez, that's that's a decent outfield. You know, I, I want to talk about this Venezuela team because Venezuela is historically one of the better baseballing nations. And low-key, this team is is pretty damn stacked too. They got Salvador Perez at catcher, also Omar Navias and Robinson Chirinos rounding out the catching rotation. They got Jose Altuve, perennial MVP candidate in the American League. Luis Arez, new Miami Marlin. Luis Renifo, Eduardo Escobar, Eugenio Suarez, Miguel Cabrera, Andre Simenez, Miguel Rojas, Glaber Torres. In the outfield, they got freaking Ronald Acuna Jr., Anthony Santander, and David Peralta, new Dodger. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And then their pitching, the pitching is damn good too. They got Pablo Lopez. Kind of funny that they got Pablo Lopez and Luis Arez, two guys that just got traded for each other. Uh, they have Jose Alvarado, Jesus Lazardo, Martin Perez, Julius Chassin. They have Carlos Hernandez, Alacer Hernandez, uh, Herman Marquez, Edwin Escobar. You're forgetting one big one. They, who? Erod. Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm pretty sure I said Eduardo. You did say, oh, they got Ranger. They got Ranger Suarez. Yeah, Ranger Suarez, who played a key role for the Phillies in their World Series run, ate up a lot of innings for them. So, who I think, obviously, I think we can all agree the Dominican Republic will probably win this this pool, or they at least have the most talent in this pool. Again, anything can happen in baseball. So, like, I wouldn't be like mind blown if either Venezuela or Puerto Rico win this group, but Puerto Rico and Venezuela are going to be battling it out for the second advanced spot in this group. Second advanced in this group. That's what I kind of hate that we can't have like a like a third team make it because like bro none of those teams in like the egg polled like deserve to like make it yeah. out compared to like a Puerto Rico or Venezuela. They just, stack yeah this this one is so much more stacked. This group is definitely the group of death compared to all the other ones. It is a group of death and and like when it comes down to it I do think it's going to come down to the Puerto Rico Venezuela game or if somebody can get a scalp and beat the Dominican yeah, 
They can right. you know, or maybe Venezuela is just doing buzzer shit, or Puerto Rico is doing buzzer shit. Altuve had the buzzer, and Beltran was the one that with the idea. So you know, Fair. so hey, um, and also, did you see about that Did you see about Beltran? He left oh, yesterday. The Mets got him into the front office, right? Yeah, and we'll, uh, I'll talk to you about that offline, which is pretty interesting. I don't sign him off. Sign him off. Yes. Yeah, sign him off. Yes, and Cameron Maben is now in Detroit for Bally Sports. Oof. So Michael K is going to be all alone in the Yes Network. But um, yeah. regardless, um, let's get into the VR, man. Um, yeah, this is the team you guys want to watch. Uh, if you have spare time, if you have to get out of a horrible date. Or, you know, you have any, like, family functions that you do not want to attend. Or, you know, you're taking your daughter out to the recital. You, you could just put put on this game and you, you, you'll you watch quality. Um, Pitching-wise, they got Sandy Alcantara. They got my guy Johnny Cueto, MLB, uh, MLB legend at this point. Uh, they got a young guy in Rosny Contreras, who I really do like. He was a part of the Yankee system. Pitched really well for the Pirates last year. Young guy. Diego uh, Diego Castillo from the Mariners, good reliever. Genesis Carrera, good reliever. Brian Abreu, really good reliever. And Yeldo Santos, dude's like six fucking eight, and he's ridiculous. Uh, Camilo Doval with this funky little sidearm coming out. Christian Javier, who just got the bag. Rafael Montero, Hector Neres, really good relievers. Gregory Soto, another lefty reliever, like pitching wise, stacked. Um, now when we get into the lineup, there are some notable omissions. Catching wise, they are kind of weak. Uh, Gary Sanchez and Francisco Mejia are back there. They can be had at defensively. Infielders, you got Robinson Cano on his on his like a thousandth life in professional baseball is still playing. Uh, Willie Adamez is out there. At short from the Brewers, who's quality. Rafi Devers, who's out here eating more than freaking Big Poppy now that he got his contract. Um, Wander Franco, also. Vladdy Jr., Machado, Ketel Marte, Pena. Jeremy, Jeremy Pena. Pena from the Astros, yeah. Yeah, Seg- Gene Segura. Outfielders, they have the linebacker that is Eloy Jimenez, Teoscar Hernandez, J Rod, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto. And Nelson Cruz, who has beaten the allegations and is still playing at age 40. I think he's managing and playing. No, the manager is by the Rays bench coach, Rodney Linares. Um, This team is loaded. Obviously, there are weaker points at this team, the catching position. They are missing some notable pitchers. Um, Luis Severino is not on this roster. I think they'll be fine without him. I, I mean, pitching wise, starters like they'll be fine, but I mean, they they could have just blown out the whole water, you know, with their rotation because their lineup is just as good as the American lineup. I think like, the American lineup solid. I, I think they're weak at catcher with Gary Sanchez out there. Top to bottom, rotation wise and pitching staff wise, it's very very deep. Like, there's not, like, a huge drop-off, like, in the American roster or in the Mexican rosters that, that you know, you have these big guys, big guns, and then you have this huge drop-off. That's fair. And and I don't want to put in Japan because I can't speak for the Japan. I know they have really good top-end talent, but I don't know what they got. They have the relatively unknowns to us because we haven't watched them. But um, they really have all-around just quality. 
You know, it's more about quality over quantity on this roster. And their their lineup is going to be an absolute murderer's row. It's it it outside of the catcher position. I mean, Guerrero Jr., Devers, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Manny I mean, Machado. Jeremy Pena, Eloy Jimenez, man, Teoscar Hernandez. This lineup is stacked. They're so loaded. They're they're the favorites to win the tournament for a reason. Oh, and they have like they're playing in Miami. That's gonna be a home field advantage. Like my barber, shout out my barber who lines me up. Uh he already bought tickets like three months ago. He he bought he bought passes for the whole family. That, yeah. that, that stadium is gonna be rocking. If we have a USA Mexico or a USA DR semifinal or final, whatever. It'll be a home game for the DR in Miami. Oh, 100%. It'll be a home game. Or even if it's Venezuela, USA, it'll be a home game for Venezuela also. Yeah. They, they should have – United States just screwed themselves by trying to come out here to play in Miami. Like, they don't know what they're getting themselves to. Like, they don't know the, the environment that's going to get into. Me right. and Will have been watching uh, winter baseball highlights on Instagram, and the environments at these winter ballparks are elite. It's like – think about it. For you got for you listeners, like think about high school like settings where in high school you can be not filtered and you have the crazy mom in the in the crowd. High school football, you can have the crazy mom screaming at the ump, crazy mom screaming at the coach. You got that. And add the college aspect of college basketball and college football. Just think of college football's fans combined with a high school atmosphere. And just a bunch of freaking noise. It's bro, it's gonna be elite, elite, elite settings. That's why I want to go experience it in person. That's why I'm that's why we're doing it. Exactly. That's why we're doing it, you know. Um, next team we'll talk about is uh Israel. Israel is managed by Ian Kinsler. Yes, and they got uh they got some good, decent big leaders. Jack Peterson will be representing uh Dean uh Dean Kramer will be the Orioles right-hander, will also be there. Garrett Stubbs at catcher. Um, Adam Kalarik, relievers on this uh, this uh, pitching staff. Not too many guys that known by fans. A lot of – there's MLB talent. A very, very uh, weak team uh, in the sense. Um, yeah. They will get their shit kicked in. And I'm sorry I say it, but they will. Yeah, they, they're they, going to get destroyed. They're going to get destroyed by the DR, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela. They are going. I understand there's a big Jewish community in Miami, but bro, it's 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 gonna be a home game. It's a home game for those for those crowds. Yeah, they. Um, I don't really have a ton to say about them. It'll be cool to see them managed by Ian Kinsler. I guess you you know that that's one thing, one of the better players of all time. But yeah, they're they're not gonna. They're not gonna do much. They're probably the worst team in the group. Yeah, because then rounding out the group is is Nicaragua. I don't think that's a team that either of us think will make it through, but they're still they got one one notable guy. Yeah, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Loisco from the Yankees. Yeah, but um, I mean, in my opinion, we'll just we'll just get to it. I mean, we don't have much to say about Israel and Nicaragua. Um, Israel and Nicaragua are going to battle out for fourth and fifth, and then it's going to be a battle for the top two. And in my opinion, the Dominican wins this group if they don't get overconfident. If they don't lose their heads, they win this group easily. And I don't want to say it's going to happen in Dominican, but I could see it happen. 
Now, the Dominican being the odds-on favorite, they're in Miami. You know, a lot of the players are in are from Miami. For example, Machado is at home. A lot of the guys do play in Miami, like Segura and uh, Cueto. Like, everything is put, like, if we want to call about rigging a tournament, everything is rigged up for them to win this whole tournament. Like, the script is in for them to make it. But they could screw up the script if they don't lose their heads. Yeah, they're. If I were to pick, if we had to pick this group, I'm I'm gonna pick the DR to go first, and I'm gonna take Venezuela close second. I'm sorry over the over Puerto Rico. Hope I'm wrong for your sake. With Nicaragua finishing third, fourth, sorry, and Israel finishing fifth. Yeah, Israel's gonna win a game. I'm gonna I'm gonna like keep my. Uh, I, I want Puerto Rico to come out, but uh, the Venezuela team's very good, very very good. Um, we're gonna need some performances from the outfielders and from the pitching staff to do that, and still that might not be enough versus the Venezuelan team. I mean, it, it'll, 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 we'll see what happens. I mean, the only I think the only way Puerto Rico wins is if we can get you know the beat the Dominican is if we can get uh, Roberto Clemente reincarnated. We can get Yadier Molina back. Uh, Pedro Rodriguez do- drops some weight and comes back. Carlos Beltran uh, gets the buzzers out and gets back on the outfield and gets that 15 on. Uh, Correa's baby comes out early and so he gets some, some, you know, some judge or some magic witchcraft to fix his ankle. So yeah, it'll, it'll be tough to beat the Dominican. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's our initial World Baseball Classic preview. Gave you the the tournament format and talked about every single roster in that pool. We will definitely be talking about that more uh, as as it starts. I mean, we're about three weeks away from it, so uh, getting more and more excited. And we'll be going to a quarterfinal matchup in Miami soon. So we'll definitely or when it happens. So we'll definitely be doing a podcast around that one. We'll just get into some other quick news and notes around MLB before we get out today. There was a trade that went down uh, last week. The Marlins traded former top prospect J.J. Bladé, Vanderbilt alum. Uh, actually played with my friend Walker at, at Vanderbilt. They traded him to Oakland for A.J. Puck, former top prospect, now a reliever in Oakland. J. Uh, Puck was actually their um, best reliever last year in Oakland. He has battled injury. That's kind of been the main issue with him throughout his entire career is he's been hurt, nothing but hurt, but he was such so, so dominant and so amazing at Florida that he was a top prospect for quite some time, but injuries have hurt him. And Blade, who made his debut in the bigs last year is moving to Oakland. So that was a, a, a notable trade that what happened. Do you have any initial thoughts? Marlins trading a bat for a reliever. Um, Makes no sense. Mar- bat in return. Makes no sense. Marlins are being brain dead. Like you already have so much pitching in your minor league system. Like, oh, let's take another reclamation project. Like JJ Bleday, like he didn't light the world on fire last year, but obviously he was a rookie. And you know, it's some it's players adjust at different rates. I think it's too easy to kill the JJ Bleday project. Um, and I can totally expect him being an all-star. It um <laughs> just just knowing yeah. how, how it works out. I just I just don't understand. You have like you have pitchers with bum arms like um, Sixto Sanchez, now A.J. Puck. So, like, oh, let's stockpile more when you already have guys in the system like Max Meyer. uh, Who else do they have? Uh, Edward Cabrera. 
and right. Sandy. And like you just traded pitching away. Yeah. So why? It makes no sense. Blade was the fourth overall pick in 2019. Like this is a highly touted guy. Uh, Puck was a top pros- top 10 as well. He was, number, he was number five. Puck was number five for Oakland. But it makes no sense. Blade is 25 years old. He played like 60 games in the big leagues last year. It's way too early to give up on a, a project like him when he has so much potential and you need bats. Just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Why are they trading for a guy that's battled injuries his entire career? I understand he was like one of their best relievers last year, but they don't really need that right now. They still need bats. And you're a big, uh, you're big on the JJ Blade uh, bandwagon. You're, you're one of the big. Uh, I'm big, big on all. I'm big on all of Andy guys, to be honest. But, 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 but JJ was one of the guys that you're like, oh no, you got to watch this kid. Like you've always been a big, big fan of his. Been I, number one. I think he won like College Player of the Year that, that one year in Vanderbilt. I know he won a national title there, so he's been highly touted. Another move: Cubs signed Michael Fulmer, former 2016 Rookie of the Year, 2017 All Star in Detroit. Tommy John ended his season in 2019, so he's kind of that ended his ascent as a promising young starter. Moved to the pen, had a 3.39 ERA and 67 appearances last year in Minnesota and Detroit. Got traded to Minnesota at the deadline. So trusted reliever, kind of under the radar signing, but Cubs bolster their bullpen, bringing in Fulmer. I think he was one of the better relievers actually on the market this year, and mm-hmm. it, it was kind of curious that it took him so long to get signed a week out from, from spring training officially starting. Um, but I, mean, I, I like the move for him. I like the, you see, you see. At first, we were like, "What's the vision for Chicago?" But I think I'm seeing a vision, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing like, let's build around the relief, the, the like the middle, of the infield, and then if things don't work out, you know, there's ways around it. Like if Fulmer doesn't work out, you know, you can just trade him. Like relievers always go are always overpriced when it comes down to the trade deadline. So. It's yeah. like stacking up on relievers and then flipping them for assets is always a good strategy. And, you know, I like it. Yeah, just based on past performance, I think it's earned him, like, even if he doesn't do too hot for them next year, you can still trade him for, like, get a prospect back for him at the deadline or something. So Some really- top 20 guy, you know. He'll get a top 20 guy easily. Easily get one top 20 guy easily. Exactly. For- and then in terms of moves – um, contractual moves we'll we'll start here first christian javier extended to a five-year 64 million dollar deal with houston 2020 that's through the 2027 season um not a ton here i think he deserves that money he hasn't pitched a ton of innings but he was great for them last year in the world series and houston being smart man extending their guys extending their core their young players that's how you extend dynasties and you know, smart front offices do smart moves like this. And you, you want to extend your top guys if you want to be good for a long time. And that's what they're doing under the radar move, but I like it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's a great move. I mean, very cheap contract. When, if you look down at the numbers deep down to it, um, we got Astros uh, going into the Braves system. As we talk about the GM, uh, we got that uh, Braves account now in Houston. Now burning those books like Enron. Yeah. And there's um looks like they're looking to extend Bregman as well. So that's another core guy that they might bring back. 
Um, and then we also have Bo Bichette signed a three-year $33.6 million extension with Toronto. He can be a free agent after the 2025 season. So not really a long-term lockup here. He can still be a free agent after um, three seasons from now. Um, but I'll be very curious to see how much Bichette goes when he goes on the on the free agent market because we've seen how much short shops have gotten and what the market is for them. It's the most coveted position in the game. And Bo Bichette's still a really young player can he continue to improve, uh, especially defensively, and um, get a fat contract? Can he get a Correa-esque contract uh, in, in 2025 offseason? That'll be something to look forward. But Toronto did a good job avoiding arbitration with Bichette. And I think more importantly with Toronto, they got to lock up Vladdy long-term ASAP. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a cheap contract. I mean, again, some Braves accountant going out there. And I like the move that uh, he can go back to the market at 27 so that's could, prime free agent territory. Prime free agent territory. He'll get he'll definitely get a big deal. You can get a Dansby deal easily. Yeah. So that's something to look for um yeah. with him. Smaller moves. Uh, also you Darvish extended in San Diego for it was like a six-year extension. He they signed him through tw- uh, his age 42 season. That one was a bit of a head scratcher. San Diego is just splashing money all over the place at this point. I don't know where their money's coming from. They're no. not cooking the books, they're just they're just but they're, they're doing money laundering, man. They they, they they got some front business going out there. Petco Park, they, they got some front. Hey, them pets may be giving them some money. They may be selling a lot of dog food out there to give them money for all these guys because, crap, man. How many fishes do they have to sell for you to freaking get the money? Yeah, that's true. They <laughs> don't get this. Like, I mean, I understand. And I think the logic, I, I didn't read out much on this move, but I think the logic behind this move is that I think it's going to open up more money for this summer for Machado. And I think they're, they're already starting to plan out what to do to open the books up for that Machado and Soto deals to yeah. like lengthen them. Man, if they, if they re-sign Machado and Soto, their payroll is going to be astronomical. They probably have number one payroll. Yeah. Who's number one payroll right now? I think it's not New York. Oh, the Mets. The Mets. It'll rival the Mets. But, I mean, but, it, it's good to see someone competing with Steve Cohen, you know, not just letting him walk all over everybody. Yeah. But I mean, Steve Cohen does have the New York market behind him. They make a lot of that money back. So it's not like San Diego is a great baseball town. I would like to go out there for a game. But it's not New York. You know, New that, York's the number one media market in the country. And, you know, you, you're always going to have the spotlight. So, hey, maybe Joey Gallo goes back out there and, you know, what's <laughs> it? Petco Park is my on my number one baseball stadium bucket list right now. I, I really want to go see a game there. It looks like such a beautiful stadium. It does. And it is a baseball city. A couple smaller moves. Zach Greinke back to KC, one year, 8.5 mil. And then also David Peralta to the Dodgers, one year, 6.5 million. Any thoughts on either of those? Granky uh, probably going to retire a Royal. It makes sense. Yeah, retire a Royal. Good to, you know, help Brady Singer out, keep his development, uh, you know. He's Ooh, a good – Yeah. That's, you know, that's kind of the big thing for him. And Peralta, you know, that's a good value signing for the Dodgers. I mean, it's a it's a let the kids play year, but at the same time, you do need to field out some MLB rosters. I mean, I think that's a good price. Uh, I don't know where New York was at with that deal because 6.5 is – that's a prime territory, less than Hicks, because I think Jerkson was asking for ten million. They're like, "No, oh, that's way too much. That's four million dollars cheaper." Yeah, we should have signed him. I agree that that would have been a nice 
outfielder to bring in for us. And, and, and Peralta's decent. Like we're not we're talking we're not talking about like bottom of the barrel guy. He's he's a fairly decent. He was a starter for a lot for uh for the Diamondbacks. And you know we're not saying he's bad. He's a career two eighty one hitter. Yeah, last year he had a two fifty one batting average, but like career two eighty one hitter with uh one hundred and ten home runs in his whole career, and he's thirty five. So I mean, yeah, he's older, but at the same time, I do find it a really good move. Like in twenty twenty in the COVID year, he hit three hundred, and then he's the seasons prior to that he was hitting two ninety three, two seventy five. So I mean, yeah, he's a he's a talent man. That that. It's a good signing for that Dodgers. Um, oh, he got traded to Tampa. Sorry, got to note that he was at the deadline. Yeah, so he was a super slugger in eighteen. Yeah, I man, he's got a good history. He's been one of their better players in recent Diamondbacks history. Bro, I don't know. And then what else we got? We got Derek Jeter. We talked about being uh, Derek Jeter's doing the rounds on TV, doing the doing a uh, Fox. Baseball analyst and MLB The Show cover. Pretty big for a guy that's pretty stayed low in the limelight. Also did some features with GQ that I've been watching. So interesting. Yeah, so Jeter's joining Fox as a new baseball analyst. I think it'll be interesting to see how much he says because Jeter Jeter during his playing days was the master of saying a lot while saying absolutely nothing at all in his interviews. He He was a absolute master with the media in, in, in his interviews. Um, so I, I will be, I'm going to tune the hell into this Fox thing. It's going to be kind of awkward with a rod. seems like they maybe squashed the beef, but like, will he, like what we have no idea what, like what to expect with like him or like a Tom Brady when he joins Fox next year in the fall for football, is he going to like be a really, really good addition? Cause I think like big poppy, it has been good for them. A-Rod, kind of interesting, kind of a weirdo. But Derek Jeter, man, that's like a big name. That's like – Derek Jeter is – I mean, he was probably the face of baseball for damn near 15, 20 years there, face of the New York New York sports. Like, he he was the guy. So – Well, well, that's the thing I want to harp on is that – and I'll be quick with this. Um thing what made Ortiz very special was that he's, he, he has no filter. He's yeah. very – so that he, he was built for a media job. And with A-Rod, like, A-Rod doesn't mind being the villain. He's always been the villain through most of his career. So it's kind of like, he's, as we spoke about in the podcast, he has a great PR team that's helped him out clear his image really well. But I mean, to the fact is that, I mean, he doesn't mind saying the truth. As much as he has some outlandish takes and opinions, he does say a lot of factual stuff. Yeah. I, and I think what can make Jeter good is that I think he knows the media game. He's a smart guy. So I think he knows how to play both roles, and he can see baseball in so many lenses that he can see it, one, as a player, and two, as a executive slash ownership. So he could really tap in. And uh, ESPN's dropping the bag. Honestly, I just wish ESPN got rid of the baseball coverage and just gave it to Fox. It, yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I mean, passing. They got passing. Yeah, but who else? Buster only. I like Buster only. Tim Kirchin's good too. But who other? Who, who are the like personalities? Was personality? They don't have any like big former players. I don't think at all. Right? They have a Rod for a Rodcast. Oh yeah, a Rod's on both. A Rod's on both, and that's it. They don't have anybody else that I can. They used to have John Cruck and Harold Reynolds. Harold Reynolds. Yep, they used to back in the day. 
Final mm-hmm. note before we get out. MLB today announced that the ghost runner rule is going to be permanent. That came in during the COVID year kind of to prevent injuries and shorten games, you know, not trying to get relievers drawn out and destroying bullpens. And in this, the the competition committee also voted to further limit the use of position players as pitchers to only extra innings or by a team leading when it is up by 10 or more runs in the ninth inning or a team trailing anytime it is down eight or more runs. When, uh, so basically they're trying to limit the use of position players pitching, which I like. It used to be a novelty, but it has now become way more mainstream. For example, five years ago, there were 78 pitches thrown 60 miles per hour or below during the regular season across all of baseball. Last year, that number skyrocketed to 856 as teams increasingly turned to position players to soak up innings. It used to be a novelty and fun to watch. Now it's just dumb and a little bit tired, and I've seen it a million times, as we can see the stats back it up. And, like, let's be honest, at that point in the game, if team's up by 10 or more runs, you're probably not watching the game anyway, so it's really not that fun. People overhype the hell out of it. It's just whatever at this point, so I'm kind of glad to see them moving away from that. And in terms of the ghost runner rule, I've always actually kind of liked it um, in terms of regular season, like, I understand the the long games can be fun, but it's a 162 game season. You need to, you know, keep your guys healthy, your relievers healthy, instead of, uh, you know, sending guys up and down between the minor leagues every single night. Um, so makes sense. I I really have no issues with either of those. Yeah, no. Essentially, um, the novelty or the pitcher they throw. I find it very annoying statistics wise because I feel like if you were to take out some players actually feasted on that. And it happened to me in fantasy baseball where I did lose matchups because uh, you would have a position player pitching and uh, the hitter just pinatas a home run. Yeah. It's fun when you're the getting the benefit. It's just awful from the other side of it. So yeah, you play to the play to the end. I know analytics doesn't want to make the game fun anymore. Just wants to make the game all NPC style robot wise. <laughs> But you know, it's 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 this is the, we're, we're humans. We have feelings. We're we're in twenty twenty three. I understand aliens are coming, but you know, still let's let's hold off on that. Yeah, man, there's been some crazy shit going on in the real world lately. Yeah, I mean, tell me about it. You know, we got WBC next month. Baseball soon. How are we feeling? Good. That was a loaded podcast. We've been almost going for like damn near two hours at this point. So I think we should get out of here. I think the listeners yeah, are hearing our voices at this point. I mean, they're probably sick of my fucking analogies. So we'll be back next week. We're going to now finally start diving into some prospects and some previews for the 2023 MLB season. Um, we're, like I said, going to be previewing every division, going to be previewing different rule changes, et cetera, and what to expect with this full season. So we are very excited. Like we said, baseball is officially starting with Super Bowl, with the Super Bowl and football season behind us. It kind of today felt like the beginning of a new uh new season so very excited pitchers and catchers started reporting today it's time it's go time it's the mlb season let's get it let's get it all right luis thanks for joining me we will catch you guys on the next episode talk to you later peace out